Hello, Edumagicians. Welcome to the Edumagic Podcast with your host, Dr. Sam Fesich. Dr. Sam is a professor of education, author of Edumagic, and a pumpkin spice latte fan. This podcast is designed for pre-service teachers. Remember, friends, teaching doesn't begin at graduation, but during that first class at 8 a.m. Let's get this party started. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Goins from the Reimagine Schools podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, Edumagicians, welcome back to another episode of the Edumagic Podcast. My name is Dr. Sam Fessage, and today, friends, I am fangirling. I have an amazing guest. Her name is Monica Burns. You probably heard of her over on Insta, on Twitter. She has books. She's an author. She's a podcaster. She's just an amazing educator. Monica, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here with you. Yay! So excited to have you on. And friends, today we're going to be talking about all about PD on a Clubhouse. So if you are an Android user and just like me and maybe podcast just or um, Clubhouse happened to pop up sometime for you in the past few weeks, turn up the volume. And if you're an iOS user and you've been using Clubhouse for a while, you're going to get some good tips here as well for professional development. Monica, before we jump into our conversation today, can you share a little bit about your teaching story? What brought you into education and what are you currently uh, doing? Absolutely. So I am a former New York City public school teacher. I went to school right away at the age of 18 to the University of Delaware for my degree in elementary education. So started off jumping right into the education space. I know there's lots of different entry points and um, that was mine, uh, kind of knowing I wanted to head in that elementary direction. My mother's an AP high school teacher or retired now, but uh, so coming from a, a family with educators in a few different spots. And so I came to New York City right after I graduated, started teaching uh, fifth grade, um, was at that school for about seven years, transitioning from a traditional public school to a magnet school for environmental stewardship. So I was able to be there for part of that transition. Um, Folks might have heard me tell stories before about composting in the classroom and iPads in the classroom, kind of all at the same time. So we went one-to-one with iPads um, about gosh, 10 years ago now. Um, So a while back, not the first schools to do it, but some of the first ones. And in New York City, that was really just ramping up and getting started with some of the technology integration that's now a much more widespread. And Apple Education asked me if I could come and, you know, talk to some teachers about what I was doing in my classroom. And I showed up to not a couple, but a couple hundred teachers. And they said, just talk about all your stuff, you know? And so I kind of jumped up on stage without much more of a public speaking background than jumping up in front of 30 fifth graders every day and shared some of the things that were happening with technology, the way we were using different apps and resources and capturing learning in different ways. And that's really where people started to ask, you know, what's your blog? Can I follow you on Twitter? Right. All these things that I didn't have answers to Uh, fast forward a couple months to May of 2012. And that's when I launched classtechtips.com. 
and started sharing there. And now my podcast, the Easy Ed Tech podcast, just reached 100 episodes earlier this year. So sharing in lots of different places. And that usually takes me on the road. So traveling around to different schools and districts and conferences, um, which has been virtual this year, but this summer heading back out to schools and some different places and kind of continuing that hybrid model um, throughout the next school year. What an amazing journey. Now, whenever you are in the University of Delaware setting to be a teacher, did you even imagine yourself where you are today? No, (laughs) not in in the littlest bit. You know, Um, I have always been right in hindsight, a little bit entrepreneurial, if you will. I always loved using technology in different ways. So, you know, things seem to make sense when you look backwards at how different experiences came together to the work that I do today, but it was not part of the master plan. And I just kind of had that seven year itch at my school, looking for something new, had some different opportunities was writing and sharing and doing some professional development. Um, And so decided to kind of branch off and start this work. Um, I was able to um, get my doctorate degree and do some teaching at the, you know, that adjunct faculty level over the past few years and and write and publish in a few different ways. But it's been um, quite the ride uh, since uh, being a blue hen at the University of Delaware. (laughs) It's been exciting to see uh, Dr. Jill Biden and some of the other Delaware love um, over the past uh, year or so. I love it. Thanks so much, Monica. All right. So friends, today we're talking all about professional development professional development, you're gonna hear me call it PD from the rest of for the rest of the episode. But there's so many paths once we graduate, we get our new job, maybe there's district provided PD, maybe there's not. Um, But we know that there's so many different learning paths for professional development. Monica, what are some of your favorites, you know, to learn and grow and connect with other educators? Yeah, as a classroom teacher, I really loved being out and about kind of in the field, learning in different spaces. I was lucky enough to participate in a kind of We the People uh, program. It's a grant in different parts of the country where we would go to museums and learn about social studies education and primary source documents and all those things that might not light everyone up, but got me very excited, especially being (laughs) in New York City with a lot of different options. So then take all (laughs) all the students to on a field trip. So I really loved those kind of tactile on-site PD settings um, that were outside of my school in an interesting spot or, you know, within New York city, but now, um, I really love, and, you know, this was evolving for me during my time in the classroom, you know, when I was looking for things and not quite sure where to go, I really loved using social media to connect, to find a community for me that really started um, about 10 years ago on Twitter. So connecting with educators there, and it's evolved to really fit into some of the other spaces, you know, like a, um, like a um, clubhouse space, you know, like a um, kind of Instagram space. So just really trying to embrace all these different places where people are sharing their stories and um, where I can kind of build connections from. Absolutely. I love learning from everyone. Like 
social media connects you to teachers from around the world and you can learn from people in your grade level in your subject area who are maybe a few steps ahead of you um, in their um in, in their years of experience. But social media is such a fantastic place for encouragement, inspiration, asking questions that get answered, you know, um, and it's just, just a, a fantastic educator space. And yeah, we know that there's other stuff on social, but if you really just focus in on what you want to see uh, teaching education wise, there's so much out there, so much out there. And you mentioned about Clubhouse. So I was one of the people who got it invited. I think it was like three weeks ago when it opened up for Android mm -hmm. users. And I have been, I don't want to say lurking because that sounds creepy, but I've been learning and listening um, to other Clubhouse rooms. And so let's just get started with Clubhouse. We know it's an emerging platform professional development. How do you use it personally to grow and connect with other educators? Yeah. I mean, I was excited when I first heard about Clubhouse and the idea that there would be an audio space where you could listen into conversations, host conversations, participate in conversations. Um, as I'm sure you can imagine, and maybe you feel the same way. I'm a big podcast person, right? We're recording this kind of midday and I've already consumed a good amount of podcast content working from home today. And so for me, the audio format was kind of a no brainer. Um, I like to listen in and was excited to hear from different people. But for me, what I really, you know, started to get excited about was not just listening into other conversations, but really kind of reconnecting with people that especially this past year and a half or so I'm used to being out at conferences, seeing people with some regularity and checking in with them. And, you know, I got very emotional the first, you know, time that I really jumped into a room with familiar profile faces because I was just hearing these voices that I, you know, maybe I would, you know, talk to them back and forth on an Instagram message, but you just, you don't hear all these voices that you're so used to hearing, you know? And so I think that connection piece was really big for me with using clubhouse. And so since about January of this year, I've been hosting weekly rooms on Monday. So I kick it off with someone else who is an expert in something, whatever that might be. And we start talking, I ask them questions, kind of like a podcast for about 10 minutes or so. And then we start inviting people up and they share their stories underneath that topic. And they are able to ask questions to that person who's an expert on branding or PBL or whatever the topic might be for that week. And so it's been really interesting for me to reconnect with people. And so some of that momentum on just relationships that, you know, I haven't been able to really foster this past year and a half are, are now back together. And that feels really special. Um, but it's also some place, you know, a place where I've been able to hear from people that I don't know I would have heard from, or I'm not sure I would have heard their story in those other ways that were part of my learning the past few years. So I'm really enjoying the different formats, being just a listener is a lot of what I do in the space, but it's been a lot of fun to host conversations, to share out, you know, in addition to those Monday rooms on Thursdays, we kind of do a rapid fire. Like, what are you excited about this week? Go, 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 go. <laughs> and I usually tweet them all out at the same time. So people can find the link to whatever that thing is, you know? And so it's been really interesting way to think about community building and learning from folks who are in different parts of the country with similar, different experiences, you name it. 
That is really cool, Monica. I never, I never thought of like hosting a room and having people come on and share their stories based on that topic after you kind of do a little mini podcast episode mm -hmm. uh, with the guests. That's really cool. I like that. So we know future teachers, you know, they, they're probably connected on Instagram, Teachers Pay Teachers, Pinterest, all those places. Why should somebody think about as a future teacher getting connected on Clubhouse? I think that if there is an area that you have interest in, and, you know, we saying K-12 education or even ed tech is kind of a big broad <laughs> for brush that we might be painting, right? But if you are interested in a particular topic, I think there's a lot of value from listening into conversations or to ask questions. And one of the things that a future teacher might want to consider about a space like Clubhouse is some of that question asking or the access to experts or access to folks who maybe don't consider themselves experts, but are able to provide some really valuable information that makes them an expert in the eyes of that future teacher. So I really like it from a kind of sit back and learn kind of like a podcast, but there's that interactive level to it where you might jump up ask a question. And you might also start to just open your eyes a little bit about the possibilities for what your career, what directions it might take you in. You might love what you're doing in your current role, but it's nice to have someone plant the seed of a different direction. And that could be, you love teaching eighth grade ELA, but when you hear this first grade teacher talk about all the reading experiences in their classroom, you might say, Oh, I never really considered <laughs> doing something wow. like that, but maybe I want to partner with the first grade class, bring my eighth graders to do some reading activities. And now I decide that I love elementary education, right? So it's also about you know, we don't know what we don't know mm -hmm. and opening ourselves up to be part of conversations that might take us in a direction that's unexpected. I love that. All right. I'm sold, Monica. I went in on, on Clubhouse. What are some tips to get started? Yeah. So first is jump right in, right? Get <laughs> your picture up there on your profile, connect your social media handles. So like Twitter and Instagram, if you have them, whether it's super professional or professional ish, like transitioning <laughs> to that piece, uh, connect them up there and then put some things in your bio that let people know what you're interested and excited about. So in a different way than we might think of Twitter or Instagram, when you jump into clubhouse, you can search by keywords. So it's going to say, Oh, this is someone who's excited about this or who's located in this place. And then once you've got your kind of profile and all of those things set up, I would suggest doing a search yourself, right? For those keywords. Now it could be everything from, you know, middle school um, teacher, and you're looking to connect with other middle school teachers. It could be more about a geography based search. It might even be something that has nothing to do with education. Like you want to follow along with some silly rooms around the real house vibes, right? There's a lot going on. <laughs> So you can kind of go in a couple different directions. And then I would say just to listen in, um, sit back, listen in, see how people are using the space, um, find some topics, follow along with some people with similar interests and your hallway or your recommended space in a clubhouse will start to populate with things that the algorithm thinks you like because you're following along with certain people, you're joining in on different clubs or following with different topics, and you'll start to see it populate with things that might pique your interest um, as you're moving through the space. Can you talk a little bit about the etiquette related to uh, Clubhouse? 
Yeah. What am I saying podcast? I don't know why. <laughs> well, there's definitely those podcasty connections, right? With the audio format. And I would say just like any social space, right? There's some different kind of, I don't even want to say the word unspoken rules, right? But just that etiquette for navigating. Same thing if we were doing a Twitter chat, right? You format Q1 and then you have your answer, right? So it's just the way of working through a spot. So everyone's kind of on the same page. And so within Clubhouse, you'll see rooms that fall into different categories. Some of them are just two people talking and no one else is going to jump in, right? And other spaces are very much open. You can raise your hand at the bottom. You can jump up. You mute yourself, just like when you jump into a Zoom call a little late, right? So nobody notices. And then you're invited to speak. And I think the big piece is that if you're participating in a conversation, the more concise you can be, the better. And adding value is really important. And your question is valuable, right? So if you have a question, that definitely counts. But if there's things people can learn about you from your profile or from different spots, you can always just casually mention that's a way to continue the conversation so that you're not monopolizing a space or that you're letting other people um, participate too. Kind of the same way that if we were sitting around in a study group or a book club, right? We'd want to make sure everyone knows that their questions and their contributions are valuable. And sometimes that means we sit back a little bit more, even if we are really excited about the topic. I love that. Thank you. And I, I noticed on a couple of the ones that I've been in, um, listening to when someone's done speaking, they'll say I'm done speaking. And then um, I also noticed a flashing mic. Can you tell me? Because that really confused me. Like, what is going yeah. on with the flashing mic? <laughs> I know. I'm always concerned when anything looks like it's broken, right? Yeah. It's like, mm. <laughs> Yeah. So the, uh, another thing to consider, I'm so glad you mentioned that is introducing yourself and then letting people know that you're finished speaking. And so it sounds a little bit funny at first. Like if I, this is Monica and I want to talk about this and then I'm say, this is Monica and I'm finished speaking. Like, that's not really how we would talk if we were grabbing coffee with a couple of friends, but it's useful for folks that are using assistive devices that might have captioning. So if they're listening in, they're not going to know that someone's sound of their voice changes, right? And unless they're using really specific software that can kind of jump around with speaker one, speaker two, and there's things that do that. It's just designed to help make the live captioning that someone might be using as a third party device a little bit smoother. So if you're just two people going back and forth, um, it may be a little bit smooth to just kind of jump back and forth in conversation. But if there's a lot of people talking, it's a really good thing to do. And the flashing mics that you mentioned is about agreeing or clapping hands. And it was so funny, Sam, when I first opened up Clubhouse and saw that happening, because when I taught um, fifth grade, it must've been my first year teaching. I think it was my first year. Um, The students who came to me had all been with the same fourth grade teacher or like most of them had been. And I remember we were doing a read aloud or something and they all, you know, a bunch of them just started tapping their head. And I was like, this is a thing. And I don't know what it is. (laughs) Right. (laughs) signal. And so I went to their fourth grade teacher who is so lovely. And I said, what does this mean? (laughs) They're all doing it. And I know it must've come from you. Right. Um, And so she goes, oh, that's just when they agree. And if they have something to say instead, they raise their hand. So when I left the classroom and started doing professional development, 
I would be in a room full of 45 educators and someone would say something great. And I would just start tapping my head, like modeling <laughs> my students. And so I've moved away from that behavior, but it's been creeping back a little bit with the tap of the mic, which is kind of the same sort of like, I agree, right? Absolutely. Kind of just giving a little bit of extra attention and love when someone says something great. And it might not be something you can do all the time. If you're like away from your phone while you're listening, I can't run back over and tap, but if you're right there, you can kind of give that a little bit of support to someone who might be saying something that you are completely on board with. It's kind of like the hearts on Instagram live. Exactly. What a perfect. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So we talked about ways for our future teachers to be learners and listeners in the clubhouse space. We talked and I would love to kind of shift the conversation. How can they have their voices be shared in the clubhouse space? You talked about rooms, Mm -hmm. groups, Yeah. So if you're listening into a room and anyone can do this, right, you'll see at the bottom of the screen, there's a little hand and you can raise your hand to participate. Now, some rooms don't have other people jump up on stage, right? But others are very open and want to hear from people in the room. So if you are listening and you want your voice to be heard, you kind of do that quick pass to say, okay, they are asking for people to jump up. They are asking people to join the stage, which is one of those clubhouse Mm -hmm. lingo or terms. And so then you can press that button. Someone will invite you up and your voice will absolutely be heard. One thing that goes back to the profile that I mentioned earlier is that you do want to make sure your profile has some stuff in it because I know that I've been moderating rooms and if someone raises their hand and I don't know who they are and there's nothing in their profile, I don't know kind of what their story is, right? Or how valuable what they're going to say is going to be, or if they're kind of in the right place, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you can put some information in there, if you can link out to a Twitter or Instagram, it helps the person who's moderating the room know you're a real person (laughs) with some (laughs) like genuine interest or enthusiasm around the topic. It's not make or break, but it definitely helps if you want your voice to really be heard within the space. I love it. I love it, Monica. All these tips have been phenomenal. Thank you so very much. So where can we connect? Where can we learn more about your work, your books, your podcast, all the things? Tell us all the things, Monica. Yeah, absolutely. So my website is classtechtips.com. My podcast is the Easy Ed Tech Podcast. And I'm Class Tech Tips on all the places, right? <laughs> so if you're on Clubhouse, you can find me that way. If you're on Twitter or Instagram, that's where you can find me too. Um, and my books are my new book. Um, is coming out with ASCD this summer, all about ed tech essentials. Um, and so it's been so much fun to work with them the past few years. And I'll have more about the book on the blog and on social media, kind of sharing that as we move into the summer months. Amazing. Thank you so much, Monica, for being on the show. This has been fantastic. Thanks so much for having me. There you have it, Edumagicians. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share it with your friends. For more Edu Magic, check out sfesich.com and follow Dr. Sam on Twitter and Instagram at sfesich. Until next time, you have the Edu Magic within you.